Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first episode of Crits and Nitwits, a podcast brought to you by the folks over at TSNP Studios. Uh, with us, we have Trey Simmons, who is going to be playing. Go ahead, introduce yourself, Trey. Dirty Harry, a uh, Haragon uh, fighter. Okay, and then we have my wife, Caitlin Collier. Hi, I'll be playing Guinevere. She's a changeling cleric. And last but not least, Spencer Miner. Hi, I'll be playing Braxton Fithersby, a uh, human bard. Actually, the, it's definitely very much uh, least. <laughs> very much least. Yeah. Thanks. Fuck right. you. Those of you may know Spencer Miner from the hit gaming YouTube channel, Emu Gaming. Not a single person knows that channel, I guarantee it. We know that yep. channel. Well, just wait till there's like three spikes. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be playing through the Frozen Sick campaign to begin with. I am currently a new DM, and Spencer is a forever DM. A but seasoned. He is, yeah, a seasoned DM. So if we have any questions and whatnot, we'll be able to refer to Spencer. We are, most of us are using D&D Beyond to play this. So, uh, yeah, this will be the beginning of the adventure. And after that, we will hopefully go into some more homebrew content. All right. Are you guys ready to go? Let's do this. Let's go. All right. And so begins the adventure. Snow gently falls from the sky and wind bites your cheeks as you stand in the graveyard of Palebank Village, a fishing outpost of Uthodern that is home to several hundred dwarves and elves. The sun is low in the sky, sinking behind the fresh grave of Ergon Went, an old dwarf who caught a curse or disease that turned him into an ice statue. The folk of the village have gathered to pay their final respects to Ergon's frozen remains. Outside this little group, you see a... What is he? Braxton Fithersby. He is walking, approaching the group, trying to... Uh, go ahead, Spencer. Describe what your character is trying to do right now. Good top of the morning to you all of you. I'm here to sell Braxton Fithersby's famous miracle elixir. If you want to avoid what this poor young sap had here, you'll want to definitely buy it from me and rub it on you. It'll take care of all that ails you. Make you stronger than an owl bear, more attractive than an elven prince. All right. Uh, we look over at the crowd and we see a young Harrigan uh, rabbit person. He's standing at the back of the crowd, probably uh, paying attention to what was going on until an annoying Braxton Fithersby approached the crowd of mourners and started to hawk his supplies. Go ahead, Trey. What is your character going to do? How much? I sell them for five <laughs> silver. Five silver, huh? Yeah, it'll, it'll take care of it. You don't want to end up like this poor sap down here in the hole. Tell me, what what, what exactly does it do? Oh, you rub it all over your body, and in two weeks, you'll be stronger than an owl bear, and it'll keep your immune system up. You'll never get sick. Is that so? It is so, or my name isn't Braxton Fithersby. All right. Out of the crowd approaches an elven woman. Go ahead and describe your character, Caitlin, if you'd like, and what she's doing. Um, Guinevere has pasty skin right now, and she has long, like, blonde, like, almost white hair. And obviously she has, like, little elf ears because she's elven. And she's, like, 5'5". Five, five. And she's 17 years old, so still a kid, kind of, teenager. Oh, so we're about the same age, our characters. 
Yeah. Interesting I'm, implications there. There are no implications in that. <laughs> All right, Kaylin, what's your do? What's your character doing? She notices uh, a Braxton Fithersby. What is your race again? Uh, you see a, a human uh, male about twenty years old. He has auburn hair. He has green eyes, and he has a very charming smile. Very well groomed uh, facial hair. And he's wearing uh, some leather armor that is green and seems to shimmer in the light. All right. And Dirty Harry, go ahead and describe yourself. So he is a small um, bunny, like about maybe like three feet tall. He's uh, like 18, so he's uh, very youthful and kind of like naive. Uh, He's wearing leather. He's got like a... um, Uh, kind of like a cowboy hat on, because he's a uh, bounty hunter, and he's uh, got his trusty little sword um, on his hip. All right. So, Guinevere, you see these two gentlemen interacting with each other. How do you how do you deal with this? Do you ignore them? Do you continue watching the mourners and paying respects, or do you just walk on by? I just kind of give them the side eye. Like, I notice them, but I'm not going to go up and interact with them quite yet. Oh, yeah. Braxton is definitely making this whole... Okay. Braxton, go ahead and keep trying. Yeah, he's he's just... He's trying to, like, sell the stuff to the people there that are paying respects to clearly a friend of theirs. Can, can I make an insight check to see if, uh, you know, if he's trying to uh, sell us, like, snake oil? Yeah, I want to. I'll have you roll an insight check against uh, Braxton's what uh, deception check. Oh come, god damn it! Oh piss! Oh man! Oh yeah, you. Oh. Think it's real, man. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Braxton rolled a twelve. Not great, but Dirty Harry rolled a six. <laughs> I have rolled so bad today. So uh, Dirty Harry believes that he is. Selling legitimate, yeah, a legitimate cure all, which is probably by the looks of it, it is seemingly annoying the other funeral goers as a gentleman is right next to them, loudly trying to sell something and saying that it will save them from whatever fate fell. Uh, young, what is this? What is this gentleman's name? Ergon Wenth. Guinevere, do you approach now? I go up to them, and I'm like, can you keep it down when people are trying to pay their respects? I tell her, shh, don't you understand that this can save us? This can save everybody. Do you realize what this what, what this can do for us? So I'm going to go up and grab one of the elixirs. Oh, you're going to pull one out, out of my hand, or? Like, to inspect it. Oh. Yeah, no, I'll say, oh, yeah, you can inspect it all you want, but it's going to be five silver to inspect it. How about zero? (laughs) Yeah, uh, Caitlin, you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to, Caitlin, you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to wrestle it from him. So let's do an opposing strength check. Sorry, my bad. (laughs) Strength? Are you sure, uh, sure I can, uh, interest you in a dexterity check? Yeah, Caitlin will roll strength and... And Braxton will roll dexterity, yes, to try to deftly keep it away from her. Yeah, uh, so uh, as you can see, uh, 
Braxton, looking at him, he's not a very well-built guy. He's more uh, wiry. Well, I rolled a 17. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, yeah, I rolled a 15, so... You so Guinevere grabs the uh, elixir out of uh, Braxton's hand. And then I do an, already did an inside and, uh, check. Go ahead and roll a... Yeah. I got a 20. Nope, roll another one. Again? Am I lying now, or is she just inciting on my thing? I think she's trying to uh, roll an inside check against to see if the uh, if the elixir is worth anything. Go ahead and try to talk her down. Go ahead and roll a deception. Yeah, I'm going to be like, uh, just why don't you just uh, hold your horses? There is a funeral going on here. You really want to cause this much uh, trouble in front of everybody. And I, I rolled a 20. Yeah, so... To you, Guinevere, the him talking to you is kind of distracting you from examining the elixir as he brings up the social standing that you are currently dealing with. And you start to realize that maybe you guys are making a bit of your bit of an ass out of yourselves as the funeral goers are now walking past you guys, leaving. Okay. I'm gonna uh, as people are leaving and you guys are currently arguing and whatnot, Gruff Voigt speaks softly from behind you. Thank you for attending Ergon's service. You turn and meet the gaze of Elro Aldator, a weathered elf, retired ranger, and leader of the village. I'm sorry to speak of dark tidings under such circumstances, but I believe that Pale Bank Village may be in danger. I'm hoping you can help us. And then I want to All point right. to uh, Braxton and say, well, he has uh, what we need to save all of us right here. And then I will just gesture to him to start talking. Yeah, yeah, so I've, I've got it right here, and uh, I'm, I'm assuming at this point I've known this guy because I've been in the village for about five days, and if he's the leader, I was yeah. probably met him. So what was his name again? His name is Elro Eldator. Uh, hey there, Elro. I, I mean, you've, you've seen me here in town, and you've seen people buying my elixirs. I, I mean, this here, could it could save your village. Do you really want to let that all fall off? fall to the wayside. Uh, you're the leader. You should be trying to protect them. Didn't you uh, say... That, that's exactly why I came to you, gentlemen. I would love to uh, hire you hire you, to see if maybe you could help my village. It seems Ergon Wenth uh, came home just about a year ago. He had been back only for a few days when he came down with this strange affliction. Uh, the village priests of Moradin and Corellin used every spell they could muster to attempt to heal Ergon, but nothing they tried could stop the bizarre move. Malady. Ergon battled the affliction for weeks until his ever-slowing body eventually turned to ice. We noticed that his body was covered in these blue veins, and he just he seemed to be getting slower and slower. His body was very cold to the touch before he even passed. Until yesterday, I believed that Ergon's fate was the only one, just an isolated incident, most likely caused by something the dwarf came into contact in his travels and his exploring of Azelcross. Then I noticed a uh, fellow dwarf here in our village, her name being Tolgi Lutan. She was showing signs of the same illness. She had blue veins all over her body. She's a known trapper, so we expected her to be out skinning animals and such, but she seemed to be barely leaving her home. She seemed to be moving a lot slower when people last saw her at the market buying supplies. I tried talking to her about it, but she, she told me to get lost and didn't want to speak to me at all. I went to uh, I went to the local glass blades, and they they told me 
that they can't really help either. If she doesn't want help, there's nothing they can do. And beyond that, Tolgi doesn't trust them anyway. So I was really hoping that maybe you guys could go and talk to her. You seem to be a capable bunch. If, of course. I, I mean, my my curator could save her life. I couldn't. I couldn't, with a good conscience, let that go by. And and you, young, little, little Harrigan. I, I don't think I caught your name. Well, it's Dirty Harry, sir. And then I'm gonna uh, grab his hand with both mine and just violently like shake it. Oh, oh, thank, thank, thank you. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, you seem to be. Uh, you seem to know this gentleman, Braxton here. So I, I would prefer if you would accompany him over to uh, speak to Tolgi. And and you, young lady, I, I, I don't believe I got your name either. My name's Guinevere, and I do not give any handshakes. Just kind well, of wave well, my see, hand. Well, see, that's just rude. When you meet someone, well, you, 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 you ought to shake their hand. Seeing how your name is Dirty oh, Harry, uh, and you just... Her real quick. Seeing how his name is Dirty Harry, and he just touched his hand, I'd prefer not to touch it. It's just because his name is Dirty Harry doesn't mean his hands are dirty. When's the last time you cleaned your hands, Dirty Harry? I look at them, and like, uh, you're supposed to clean them? I'm gonna walk over to Dirty <laughs> Harry's hands and cast Prestidigitation and clean his fur. Oh, well, th thank you. Thank you, kind sir. Yeah, no problem. You see, I like you. I have, I have a good feeling about you. I'm a very well-respected man, and uh, and I just want to... I have a heart of gold. I want to help my fellow man. Or rabbit. Anybody who would like to can roll a perception check real quick. 16. Okay. You notice uh, Elro is kind of wiping his hand on his cloak? <laughs> I'm I'm just not gonna say anything. After having after having noticed exactly how dirty your paws were. Yeah. yeah anyway. My, so, my my ears go from like being like standing straight up to like uh just drooping down to the side. Oh I'm gonna pat him on the back and be like, It's alright, it's alright. Hey, everybody has the chance to learn. Now you just gotta know to wash your hands. Or paws more of them. I will I will note that Braxton did not witness it, but Guinevere also did. And Guinevere happened to notice that as he wiped his hand on his cloak, it looked like a little grease stain was being trailed behind. Anyway, Elro Elro looks at all three of you and says, Please, would you would you mind speaking to Tolgi on my behalf? Yeah, you, yes, you, I'll speak to her. Yes. If if you would like Ergon's cabin, it's just down the down the lane here. You are free to investigate to see if there may be any any way to uh, determine what afflicted him with this poignant malady. Ergon? Uh, is, that the, is that the dwarf that died? What was his name? Yes. Ergon? Yes, Ergon went. Oh, okay. No, Elro is the uh, elf that you are currently speaking to, the leader of the village. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, turning if... into an icicle sounds like a terrible way to go, so of course I will also help him uh, accompany Braxton to go talk to this... What was her name? Tolgi. Tolgi. Of course, I'll uh, accompany Braxton to visit Tolgi on your behalf. And I will follow them to make sure that the job gets done right and thoroughly. Okay. I, I Thank you so much, you kind adventurers. I will... I will note that if you can if you can solve what is afflicting my people, 
There is a hundred gold reward for each of you. My ears instantly perk up all the way. You see a twinkle in Braxton's eyes as he as he hears the mention of gold. You caught Guinevere's attention now. All right. So what would you guys like to do? Would you like to go and speak to Tolkien right away, or would you like to visit Ergon's cabin? I think uh, we should go speak to Tolkien first. I think so, too, because he was kind of mentioning that she's getting sicker and sicker. If we wait too long, she might be dead. Literally. The way. And you have your uh, fancy elixir that can uh, hope, hopefully uh, end the affliction. Exactly. It's definitely not just mud and honey and owlbear shit. I know. I believe you, sir. <laughs> Braxton did not say that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Elro turns around and goes to uh, speak to one of the other villagers as they uh, start walking away. You guys start making your way towards Tolgi's cabin. It is further down the lane. It is towards the outskirts of town. And when you when you finally get to see it, it is a snow-covered cap covered cabin that looks peaceful and quiet from the outside. Its windows are shuttered, and a steady stream of smoke piping out of the chimney indicates a roaring fire within. It is a one-story cabin, and uh, all the windows are currently shuttered up, so how would you guys like to proceed? I'm going to start like getting my elixirs and stuff around. I'm just going gonna... to... You go. You... Oh, I'm just going to go up to the door and just knock on it. That's exactly what I was going to do. I'm going to follow close behind. So I'm going to knock at the same time she does, but I'm going to knock like quicker. Like three little and quick I'm just, knocks. And I'm just going to give him the side eye. His dirty Harry's <laughs> knock like muffled because his paws are covered in fur. Yeah, a little bit, That's yeah. That's why I knock faster. <laughs> Such an intimidating bounty hunter. Okay, you guys hear from inside a seemingly small muffled voice saying, Go away. I'm sorry, can you say that again? I didn't quite hear you. Said go away. Come in? Okay, I'm gonna uh, try to open the door. Okay, I need you to roll me a strength check. That is a nine. Yep, the door does not budge. Um, can I, it, can I check the door and see if it's locked? Yep, go for it. Go ahead and give me an investigation check. <laughs> Uh, okay, I rolled a 12. Yep, the door is very clearly locked. Okay, uh, it appears the door is locked. Uh, do, do any of you uh, be good with uh, opening those? Uh, she seems to not want to help, but we got to get this elixir to her. I have a crowbar. That might do it. Okay, uh, um... Hold, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we destroy the do lady's door, Jeff, why don't I try to, uh, try to, like, mess with the lock. I'm gonna, like, reach in and pull out some, like, thin pieces of metal and I'm just gonna try to pick the lock. Okay, sir, okay. but you have one chance before I close this baby down. Okay, can you give me a dexterity check? Uh, yeah. Just gonna whip a crowbar out and <laughs> break the lady's door down. Alright, uh, oh god, I rolled a five. Oh no! Uh, yeah. No, actually, it doesn't it doesn't seem that the door is uh, budging for you either. I've jammed the pieces of metal into the lock here. Uh, so I'm going to try to grab the metal pieces and try to unlock it before I okay. uh, break it down. Okay, go ahead and give me another dex check at disadvantage. 
because oh. the pieces are stuck in there. Oh yeah, I've wedged them in good. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Uh, We're so not getting in. Hold, Ladies and gentlemen, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, never mind. That's a deck saving throw. Never mind. Yeah, that wasn't good. All right, I bring out the crowbar. Nope, nope. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead and make a melee, melee attack. Braxton steps back. Are you sure you're thinking this all the way through, Dirty Harry? Because we might piss her off before we even really get to meet her. I say what? No way. Why I think shove it in. Hey, do I add any proficiencies or anything? Yeah, I'm going to have you add your strength modifier to that. What would that be? Zero. Oh, Jesus I'm Christ. The, <laughs> the strongest person. All right. All right. As, as he says what to Guinevere distracting him, he swings the crowbar and actually hits one of the shuttered windows. And you hear her uh, lady from inside go, Guinevere, else what? I'm... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to walk up right. the door and I'm going to be like, Please, ma'am, it's me, Braxton Fithersby. You may know me. I've been around town. I I'm selling elixirs, uh, and it may, it may very well heal you. Uh, the the leader of the, the village here, uh, Elro, he uh, he thinks that maybe you're you're getting sick. He doesn't want uh, what happened to uh, Irgen to happen to you. And I'm I'm gonna okay. roll a persuasion check. Get it up. Be my guest. Why didn't we start with that? Because uh, you guys I are idiots. Yeah, you know. It happens. All right, that's an 18. Yes. Okay, you hear some shuffling behind the door. And it takes a little bit, but eventually you you hear the lock on the door uh, pop open. And then the door slowly pulls open. Does Inside, you see... Bit? Does it take a little bit because they're, uh, the lock is jammed and there's a crowbar wedged in the door? Yeah. I'm going to quickly yeah, grab so the sure. crowbar up to that. and try to hide it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for all the everything that has happened so far, but we're just trying to check on you for your well-being. You're not gonna believe it. A bird just flew into your shutter here. It just took a chunk right out of it. I know it's the darndest thing. <laughs> all right, uh, Trey, go ahead and roll me a deception check. Damn it! I should have shut up. Yup. <laughs> all right, eleven. I'm giving him advantage. Yeah, go ahead and roll again, Trey, for advantage, because you had Braxton there trying to distract her as well. Nine. Dear God. <laughs> All right, she she notices you. She notices you trying to hide a crowbar and looks angry, but doesn't seem to make any uh, make any movement towards her weapon who that is currently attached at her side. A small little mace that looks like it's seen better days. Man, you guys, can you would just... you like to come? Ma'am, can you just tell us what's been exactly happening to you? Because we're just trying to help you. Yeah, she, so uh, she turns around from you guys. She she turns away from you guys and starts to walk in while leaving the door open. Okay, let's just her? go on in there. Yeah, I'm going to follow behind. Me. It is a bit chilly out here. Inside, the heat in the small cabin hits like a hammer blow. A table set with neatly stacked dishes, tools, and utensils stands at the center of the room. The smell of a simmering soup comes from a pot hanging inside a roaring fireplace. Another fire burns in an iron brazier at the opposite end of the room, filling the cabin with a smoky haze. Shivering at the end of a bed near the brazier is a dwarf wrapped in blankets. Bulging veins streak her face, neck, and hands. Oh, you look like you've seen better days. Yeah, you definitely don't look great. Uh, but can I interest you in buying 
at buying a, uh, one of my Braxton Feathers Big Miracle Elixirs. It'll, it will definitely help with what's going on with you. And I'll give it to you today at a reasonable price discount at one gold. Wait, you told me it was I, six I elbow, silver. I elbow, <laughs> I elbow Dirty Harry as he starts to talk. Don't I, mind I, these two, but you look like you have gone through a lot. And we're just here to check in on you and see if we can help in any way. Besides the I'm, elixirs. I, I'm fine. You should all just go away. Let me die in peace. So you're fine, but you're gonna die. That seems very... Yep. May I ask you, ma'am, uh, how, how long have you been dealing with this ailment? Alright, can you roll me a charisma check? Which one? Me or... Uh, you, Spencer. Go ahead and, uh, yeah. A persuasion check, preferably. Oh, not a charisma check. Okay, hold on. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Well, good, because you got a five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you rolled a nat one. Holy. <laughs> my persuasion check is a 25. Oh, I'm very charming. Okay. And what exactly me. are you asking her? I'm asking her to tell me, uh, basically what how long she's been dealing with this like what happened basically okay uh she looks at you and uh you can see her shivering as she speaks and she seems very weak and frail almost as if like she's been you know just getting slower she acts like an old lady for the most part but she looks relatively young her hands are shaky as she holds the blanket around her and she looks at you and says this this sickness that I've had it's been it's been taking me for only for what seems like just a couple of days but I just I just feel cold I can't get can't seem to get rid of it it all happened it all started about two months ago me and my sister my sister and I we broke into we broke in and she as she's talking she's stuttering constantly and she seems to be shivering and uh, would want, she goes to try to stand up as if she's going to move closer to the fire. Or is one of you going to help her? Uh, Braxton will help her. And uh, when he, like... Uh, now, does it look like she's, like, losing health then? Or No. No, she's just shaking, like, very... Like, as if she was very cold. Okay, yeah, I'm going to... I'll help her to the, yeah. the uh, thing. Can I, uh... Is she wearing, like, any kind of, uh... Like wallet uh go ahead and give me a perception check um <laughs> i rolled a 15 on my perception check okay you you don't notice a bag on her that might be you know containing any money but you do notice an ornate dagger it's tucked uh, at the back of her shirt and it is sheathed all right i'm gonna as i'm helping her to there uh, i'm gonna try to take that dagger all right sleight of hand yeah. Do we see this at all? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, can, let's yeah, let's see, see if see she this? notices. Let's see if she notices. Oh, for the love of God, I hope she doesn't. <laughs> Oddly enough, she does not. Does she she not doesn't notice. As, yeah, she does not notice as you silently slip this dagger out of you guys. Do you guys want to give me a perception check? Yes. <clears throat> you guys are definitely going to see it. I'm going to, like, guide her over to the chair and then, like, Set her down. Okay, dirty Harry sees sixteen. <laughs> I think, yeah, Guinevere just barely notices 
uh, flicker of movement, but she can't quite figure out what happened. Okay. Uh, as you sit her down, she thanks you for helping her to her chair. <laughs> can, and, can I steal the dagger from uh, Braxton? Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I'll slide it, hand it over to you uh, with a uh, 24. Just slide it right into his hand. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, she doesn't want to notice it, I want to give it back to her. And I'm going to be like, look what you stole this from you. God, <laughs> God dang it. You can't trust him sometimes. He's got them sticky paw. I rip it out of his hand and I'm like, I, I go put it back in the sheath and then I just shoot a glare over at Dirty Okay. Do you want to. Such a dirty rabbit. Do you want to go ahead and roll a persuasion check? Oh. Or a deception check? Deception. Let's do deception. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. So a, many uh... fucking rolls at the beginning of all this. Actually, yep, she, uh, she belie- looks like she believes you. A little skeptical, but believes you nonetheless. And she kind of glares at Dirty Harry. My ears droop, and my, I just put my head down. And but I, she takes the, she takes the dagger from you and kind of sets it across her lap as she sits there and pulls the blankets back over her. It's gonna be a lot harder to steal this dagger now from underneath the blanket. Oh no! It's sitting right on the open in front on her lap, which is going to make it even worse if you try to steal it. I want, I want to whisper to Braxton. Feelings wrong, and we're here to help. I'm going to go up to her and try to comfort her, but try to steal the dagger. I'm gonna lure Dirty Harry away. Oh As he starts God. to whisper to me, I'm gonna make it so that, like, I kind of put my hand around his shoulder and turn his back to her so that she can try to <laughs> steal the dagger. And I'm just going on a whole, like, tirade that we should be helping her, like, we're not here to, uh, well, we hurt her door and her um, shutters. You, but... you hurt her door. Yeah, like, go ahead and try to roll a sleight of hand check. No, that that You're was a group one. effort. You're the one that did the damage to her house, and I was the one that talked her right. out of it. Suddenly, you're it's okay seen. with lying to her that when you're doing damage to her shutters, you said it was a bird. I'm saying this whispering, like, kind of. Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> Tolki kind of looks at Guinevere as she reaches for the dagger and Despite her, like, shivering and moving slow, she seems to move faster than you would expect for somebody moving so slow, just walking. And she smacks Guinevere's hand away and says, Stealing stealing is what got me into this. Oh, you stole? I wasn't stealing. I was just trying to take a better look at it to see if I recognize it. Okay. And in that case, she kind of nods her head and, like, uh, hands it to you. Um, can I do... Like an insight check or something to yeah, see so if I uh, recognize ahead, this. Which score of yours is higher, Arcana or History? Um, they're the same. Okay, go ahead and roll whichever one you'd like. That landed mm. on. Oh, yeah, no. Six. No, to you it just looks like a very ornate blade. It's got a it's got a gilded sheath attached to it, but that's about all. Does anybody else want to examine it? Um, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I'm gonna go over and offer and be like, do you mind if one of them look at it? Go ahead. I've got a little bit of. Uh history with uh, magical things. Let, let me take a look at it, and I'll roll an arcana check. Okay. It's a nine. <laughs> no, it, it just looks about the same to you, just a nice dagger and a very nice sheath. Dirty Harry, you're up! Alright. Uh, it's just passing it around like uh, that 70s show. Wait, what, what, what am I rolling? 
uh, history or arcana, whichever one you prefer. Well, neither are particularly good. I'm going to oh. give him uh, a piece of bardic inspiration. I'm going to put my hand on his shoulder and kind of squeeze him and be like, you've got this, buddy. I know you got this. Okay. Uh, what does bardic inspiration get, give him to add? Is that a d4? Uh, yes. Okay, Trey, go ahead and add a roll. Add a d4 and add that to your total. He has a 15. No, it's a, it's a d6. Oh, shit. Sorry. Oh, shit. Yep, go ahead and roll a d6 and then add that. Five. Okay, so that'd be 16. Okay, okay Dirty Harry looks at the dagger and he, and he notices that it's actually a relic. It's a plus one dagger, but it's a relic from the flying city of Aeor. Aeor uh, was a city a long time ago that was besieged and it crashed back into the earth. It uh, it now is over by Azelcross ruins. That's where a lot of adventurers go and start to collect relics and you know just basically treasures for themselves. Ma'am, did this here dagger get you into the position that you're currently in? Togi is staring at the fire. Does anybody want to roll a perception check real quick? I will. Yeah, why not? <clears throat> With my plus zero. Sixteen. 17. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. 20. All three of you rolled well enough to uh, notice that there was a slight uh, whimper off in the corner. And un from under her bed, you guys notice four pairs of eyes flickering with the light of the fire. And with Guinevere's 20, you're able to recognize that there are wolves underneath her bed. Uh, Guys, like kind of nudge them. I hop um, on Braxton's look. back. You hop All on right. back. Yeah. Looks like there's some visitors underneath the bed. I'm going to reach into my pack and pull out a ration and I'll, okay. I'll break it and kind of kneel down and be like, it, it's alright there. You can come out here. I got something for you to, to eat. Okay, go ahead and roll an animal handling check. Oh, okay. Yep. I'm just going to give that to me for free, huh? Nope. God, no. That's a 12. Okay. Uh, yeah, The one of the wolves kind of nods its head out and starts eating the food from your hand. Is it a full-grown wolf? Yes. They, oh, it's got... That was under her bed? Yep. This is a big bed. Is oh, she yeah. a gnome? No, she's a dwarf. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you said gnome. I'm like, well, how is she getting these... Okay, so... No, it, this... Yeah, this village is populated by elves and dwarves, and it's, it seems to be more common that even a dwarf would buy a bed fit for an elf. So it's a little long for her, but, you know, she's not exactly, as you can tell, the most uh, well-being person, because she admitted to have stolen the dagger. She's not so, complaining about the extra leg room. So seeing that the wolf uh, is being friendly, I'm going to get down and ask her uh, about the wolf, like what's his name and like where she got it. There's multiple wolves, right? Where, what are their names and where she got them? Are you asking this on my back? No, I hopped down. Oh, okay, good. I'm no longer right. scared. She turns and looks at you guys and goes, oh, those, those, that's, that's Iroh on the left and Jira eating out of your hand. You said Jira? Yeah, J-I-R-A for those of you taking notes. Uh, Might be one of us. Yeah, all. Yeah, all I figured as much. I, I'm gonna, I'm uh, gonna kind of like pet between 
her ears as she's eating the food. Okay. Like she's being nice? Yeah. Okay, so Tilgi goes to answer the rest of your question. I, I, I'm employed as a trapper here in the town. That's, oh. that's what I do during the day, at least. And, and I, one day I caught a full-grown wolf and it seemed to have, it seemed to have, you know, pa- passed away due to the trap and blood loss. But there were two, two wolf puppies nearby. And, and I just couldn't leave them out there. So I took them in and they've been good to me and I've been good to them. Great, great companions, the two of them. Hmm. If, uh, if everything goes sour and you don't make it, miss, then I will look after them for you. You stole she, my she line. Her head as she looks towards the fire and says, thank, thank you. Dibs on your stereo. Uh, dibs on Iroh, you can have the other one. <laughs> I don't care. I just want, I, I can ride a wolf as a mount. So that's what okay. I want. Yeah. Um, can I change into a small creature and ride a wolf? No. No, you cannot actually, uh... That yeah, you cannot do that. Okay. Well, Tolgi's eyes go back and face the fire as she pulls the blanket up around her again. Tighter, even. And she starts speaking. Her, uh... Me, me and my sister, Holil, both, both of us, we work for the Otelot family. And and a, a few years back, we, we came to Shady Creek. We came, we came from Shady Creek Run. Here at a pale wink village, the Utalot sent us to keep an eye out from tr- for treasures coming back from Isilcross. They wanted us to steal them. And and whenever whenever some of these treasures came through, we would be there. And we would we would steal them and send them back. Uh, uh, about about two months ago, as you've probably heard. Pelk's curiosities, it was it was broken into. That that was me. I, I waited for Ergon. He, he he came back, and he he sold all all these items to Pelks, and I went I went and took them for myself, just doing what they ask of me, and and I gave them to my sister Halil. But I that dagger in your hand, and she points over at uh, Dirty Harry, who's holding the dagger. I I kept that. I kept that, and gave the rest to Halil. She's currently over in, in Croker Cave, with I assume the rest of the stuff. It's it's not been quite time for her to send the newest shipment off to the Otalots. Do you know if your sister's experiencing the same illness that you are? I can't quite be sure. I I kind of just left her alone after I realized I was sick. I didn't want to I didn't want to hurt her in case it's contagious in some way. You say someone hired you to steal this stuff from the from the general store? Y- yes. The Utalots, the Utalot family, they they pay me and my sister and a few others here in the village to keep an eye out for treasures from Isilcross ruins. We uh, when we notice that somebody has brought some of these we we go in. We try to steal them. They don't ask us to buy them. They don't want us to re- return them, and pay anybody because they believe that all these treasures belong to the Uthodern Empire. Ooh, what's that? God damn it! Of course you would <laughs> fucking ask. All right. Uthodern is a. Uh, actually, any of you, give me a history check. Roll a history check. I got a four or a six. Oh, nat 20. I got a nat 22. Okay. 
And uh, so both Guinevere and Dirty Harry, you actually would know that uh, Uthodern is actually a city north of the Ivory Lake and southwest of Cravrod in the flow-capped Alps of the Grayling Wildlands. It's a haven for dwarves and elves and has become the center of the highest level of craftsmanship and smithing. Uthodern roughly translates from Dwarvish as the new under salvation. Guys, we should go there. We could get some mighty fine loot there. Well, I think we have some business here first. Okay, after we tie up these loose ends, we should head there. Okay. Um, Tolgi goes to finish, and she actually continues and says, I, I tossed... I, I went back to Ergon's cabin after he passed, and I, I tossed it. I was looking to see if he had any magical items or mat, like potions, anything to help me. And then uh, she looks over at Braxton, who uh, is still holding at least one of his potions, and says, "Is is is that a cure?" Yeah, of, of course it is. This this definitely will help you. You just gotta rub it on. Uh... Rub it on your chest and area, anywhere. Probably a little bit under your nose to help the breathing, get the blood circulating. Uh, ha, ha, for just one of them. Yeah, uh, what, one of them, uh, there'll be, uh, you know what, it, it's, it's on the house this time. And he... Oh. Gee, thank you. She reaches her hands out, and you can see that the blue veins on her are actually, they're getting a darker blue than when you first walked in. And she seems to be moving just a little bit slower. But she takes the potion from you and uncorks it and starts to dab it on herself. Um, Do we notice yeah. any changes? No, not at all. She kind of breathes in and just goes, uh, I can already feel the magic working. Um, walk over and uh, check the stew that you said that she's cooking there. Okay. It... it Go ahead. He's he's gonna like check it, and he's gonna ladle some into a bowl and bring her a bowl with this. Okay. She takes it and uh, just starts like slurping it down, very slowly. Her movements aren't going very fast. She seems to have almost slowed down since you guys have entered the cabin. Does it seem like it's progressing like very quickly? Uh, you you would think so. She claims to have looted this dagger and some other artifacts not too long ago, about two months ago. So you would think if it was progressing slowly, then it'd be about two months worth. But also, in two months isn't that long of a time. So she's been sick for a short period of time, and she's already, like, slowed way down. Yeah, and she's slowed faster since we've just seen her in, the, like, this last, like, ten minutes or so. Yeah. So she nods to you guys and thanks you. And uh, she asks you to please leave her in peace for a while while she heals. And she thanks you guys. No, no problem, ma'am. I, can I help you tuck in? I look at her and I'm like, take care. Okay. Uh, as you guys leave, uh, Dirty Harry, are you going to keep the dagger? I think uh, he's just going to forget that he still has it. Okay. I feel like that's uh, something that would happen to him. Yeah, that'll hold up in court. Yeah, right. <laughs> Luckily for you, she doesn't seem to notice, and her two wolves actually curl up, like, one by her foot and the other one off to her side, and she absentmindedly, as you go to shut the door, you notice her absentmindedly just reach down and slowly scratch the ears of the wolves as one of them whimpers, but oh. they just lay there. 
So, you guys want to start heading to the cabin? Yeah, I mean, if she uh, she may have overlooked something, uh, there might be something there that'll help us, especially if since he was her partner in stealing the, the stuff from the general store. And who knows, there might be some good loot in it for us. That is true. I mean, he's definitely not using it where he went. Okay. But it's I will say, uh, Ergon Wenth actually sold the items to the general store. He didn't steal them. It was Tolgi and her sister, Halil. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So okay. Uh, the items. Yes. Uh, Dirty Harry, go ahead and add a plus one magic dagger to your inventory. Nice. Uh, yeah, until it kills you. Uh, yeah, that's... His fur all starts turning blue. Okay. Now, are you guys going... You guys are making your way over to Ergon's cabin, I take it? Yeah. Okay. You have no trouble finding your way there. Actually, as you're walking there, you seem to... Can somebody roll a nature or a survival check for me? That's a eight. That's a seven. We're not Jesus Christ. We're not doing very good. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you guys, only Guinevere really seems to notice. It seems that Dirty Harry and Braxton Fithersby are kind of like lagging behind, just talking a little bit. But Guinevere notices that there are footprints actually coming towards the direction of Tolgi's cabin. And uh, as you guys keep walking, going towards Ergon's cabin, you notice that the footprints were, they must have been coming from Ergon's cabin. But you're not quite sure whose they are. Guys, look, right. and I point at the footprints. Okay. Uh, do they look like they're dwarvish? Like they might be his? Or yeah, yeah. They they look like they were uh, Tolgi's footprints. So as you guys approach Ergon's cabin, it is a one-story log cabin at the at the other edge of town, and a glass plate rookie actually is standing in front. Her name is Mila Tenno. She is a female wood elf and stands outside guarding the front door. How do you guys approach? I'm just going to... Hiya there, you fellow elf. What are you doing? Okay. Uh, Caitlin, go ahead and roll a fucking deception check. Okay, I rolled 11 the first... Or, no, 7. Rolled a 7? She looks at you and kind of, like, doesn't seem to acknowledge what you just said. As it... You may... You may have gleamed that she is giving you kind of this weird look based on what you said about being a fellow elf. She looks at the rest of you and says, uh, Halt! State your business here. Uh, we, we were sent, uh, we were sent by Elro. He, uh, he asked us to investigate what happened to, uh, old Ergen, the, the dwarf that passed away. Oh, oh in, in that case, go ahead and come on in. Just don't take anything unless you alert me first. I whisper underneath my breath, you fucking bitch. Alright, I, I, she kind of hear, she hears you and just glares at you. And she points at you and says, keep your, keep your filthy hands off of anything in there. And I'm going to check you when you come back out. I will, as long as you keep your filthy mouth off of things. I push her forward push her. and I, I say, yeah, she, sorry about her, she got hit in the head. Uh... Don't worry, ma'am. We're, we're not going to steal anything. And I'm just going to glare at Dirty Harry and say, because stealing is wrong. And then I'm going to look in his hand at the ornate dagger. I'm going to give him a thumbs up and a smile. <laughs> yeah, Dirty Harry doesn't seem to apparently realize what you're referring to. <laughs> I'm just... And you saw that Mila was reaching towards a sword or yeah, a short sword that she has attached at her hip, but seems to be more calmed by your words. And she kind of nods. You enter the cabin, and it is a dark cabin. It might have been a cozy place when its owner was alive. Now an unmade bed stands near a cold fireplace, its mantle hung with the head of some snarling white beast with gray horns. 
On the other side of the room, a small table strewn with dirty dishes and set with a dwarf-sized chair stands before two empty shelves whose contents are scattered across the floor. Kitchen utensils, dried food stuff, adventuring gear, and a few books. Man, this guy lived messy. Um, can I take a look at the books? See if anything uh, stands out? Yeah, go ahead and roll me an investigation check. I'd like to look at the the beast on the wall, too. Okay, let's deal with... Go ahead and roll me a nature check, but then uh, let's deal with Guinevere first. Guinevere, you go through the books on the shelf, and you notice that there is a folded-up receipt inside one of the books. Do you take it out? Yes. Okay. And I further Re- look at it. Okay, the receipt is... <laughs> <laughs> the receipt is dated two months previous and indicates that Ergon sold several several Aeorian items found in Azelcross to a local antique shop, Pelk's Curiosities, for 1,000 gold pieces. The items are listed as a dagger, a scroll case, a, dra- a jade statuette, a quiver of 20 arrows, a silver ring set with a jasper gem, and two blue glass vials. And uh, those of you who have been here for a while, you may have heard that Pelk's uh, Curiosities was um, broken into not too long ago. And on top of that, Tolkien just informed you guys. Now, Braxton, you go and examine the head mounted on the wall, and you just think it's a little, like, it's just real scary, but very, like, an intimidating beast. But you may have, like, some respect for this dwarf for having allegedly beaten it. Yeah, I'm gonna be like, this thing here, man, I'm that dwarf is take this thing down. I'm surprised that a, a little cold could kill him. Dirty Harry, you haven't rolled an investigation check. Just go ahead and roll one investigation check. Uh, a nine. Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah, you're looking around, you're just like, wow, this place is a dirty place. Then I'm gonna go jump on the bed. Okay. Over by the bed, you see a pack that looks like it was, you know, an adventuring pack, and it's just laid across. Do you want to go through it? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay, inside is... A silvered maul, a suit of splint armor sized for a dwarf, so I believe that is small size. So it guess I guess it would fit you if you'd like it. Mm. Uh, fur-lined clothing sized for a dwarf, a grappling hook, and a hooded lantern. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll go ahead and just stuff all that in my uh, bag. Uh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna walk up behind him as he's like putting stuff and be like and look at the thing. He goes, a silvered maul, huh? He he must have been fighting fighting some. Uh, maybe he was fighting a lichen. They're the ones that are weak to the silver around here. Uh, how do you respond to that, Dirty Harry? I uh, look at it, and I just get really scared. Like, I'm going to need this. Okay. So It's uh, a good beaten stick. I have one. Dirty Harry okay. is collecting weapons from each house that we come to. <laughs> yeah. Literally. A- accidentally. Braxton, as you walked across the room to go and speak to Dirty Harry about all this... Go ahead and roll me an investigation check. All right. That is a 13. Okay, yeah. You notice that the uh, there are footprints on the dust and the ground and whatnot amongst all the scattered belongings and stuff. And you are able to figure out that Tolgi was the person who went through and tossed this place. So outside of that, there doesn't appear to be anything else that you could really find in here. There's no, like, loose floorboards or anything like that that where the guy was hiding stuff? Uh, not for a 13. Okay. Can I do an investigation check? Absolutely. Yeah, Braxton's just gonna be like, I I don't think there's anything here. Okay. Yeah, Guinevere, are you gonna mention the receipt that you found? Okay, guys, look what I found in this here book. Okay, she shows you guys the receipt. Do you guys need me to reiterate what's on there? 
Yes. Okay, on the receipt, it lists that Ergon Wenth sold to Pelk's Curiosities for a thousand gold the following items. A dagger, a scroll case, a jade statuette, a quiver of 20 arrows, a silver ring set with a jasper gem, and two blue glass vials. Hmm. Blue glass vials. I, I wonder what was in those that uh, could have caused... Uh, maybe they were magical. Maybe one of them broke and got him sick or something. Or maybe it was one of these other things. I mean, he seems to be uh, uh, gaining gaining money off of a, a fallen fallen uh, empire. Okay. Uh, what do you guys What do you guys want to do from here? Mm-hmm. There doesn't seem to be anything else here. Yeah. No. No, there doesn't seem to be anything else. So I guess. Uh, Let's take our leave. I would say we should go to the general store. Yes. Okay. On your guys' way out. Uh, Mila stops Guinevere and, like, gives her a bit of a pat down. You didn't really take anything, did you? <laughs> no, Dirty Harry did. Yeah, but she doesn't She doesn't stop Dirty Harry because he, she believed you and Dirty Harry were clean. She was. She seemed very angry at uh, Guinevere. Are you calling me a thief? She trusted the con man. I'm just going to push her. Just be like, no, no, we're not doing this today. No, you're pushing her out of the way from... Mila, who is trying to do a pat down. Oh, wait, I'll wait till she's done, and then if she starts, like, back-talking her, I'm just gonna, you know, be like, nope, let's go. Move it. I, I'll, be, I'll be like, get your dirty hands off of me. I'm going to try to slide of hand and take the receipt off of her person so that she doesn't notice that. Okay, go ahead and uh, roll a slide of hand check. That is a 15. Okay, yeah. Mila doesn't seem to notice that you took it. I just don't want that getting taken in case it's important. Okay, so you guys said that you're making your way towards Pelks? Yeah, the general okay. store. Yeah, yeah. as as you guys are walking away, Mila looks at uh, Guinevere and says, and, and, and stay, the, stay out of my town, you filthy freak. Your town? I'm going to look at her and be like, what, what, what are you talking about? She, she looks just like you, right? I heard that she you're pull, the town. She pulls out her bow and uh, oh readies an arrow. Um, I pull out my bow and ready an arrow. I'm, I'm gonna push her. Be like, no, no, let's not fight. We have a job to do. Fuck uh, you, town slut! I yelled out. I'm gonna step between and be like, ladies, ladies, ladies. There's no need to. There's no need for violence. We're on our way. We we, we didn't take anything. As you pat it down, we're just gonna leave. Okay. She, go ahead and roll a. What is that? what is that persuasion check? Okay. Uh, that is a twenty-four. Oh, thank God. Okay, yeah, she kind of she kind of lets her arrow kind of sit there, and she lowers her bow and says, "Just, just get get out of here." We're gonna be on our way. We're gonna be on our way. Yeah. I walk. I walk away, obviously, because I don't really have a choice. Because you know they're kind of pushing me, but I like keep an eye on her and slowly start lowering my bow. I'm okay. I'm gonna look to uh, Guinevere as uh, we're walking to the store and be like. What was all of that about? She seems to think you are some kind of beast or something. Did you say beast or feast? Well, obviously, I didn't say feast. You're not that attractive. I'm talking no, about No, beast, beast or feast. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. No, I, I meant she looks like you might be like an, like an angry person, like a villain. Well, maybe I'm a villain in her story, but she's a villain in mine. Yeah, why does she call you a freak? That's not very nice. Yeah, she's kind of known not to be nice. I've heard she's gets around pretty easily. 
Can I make an insight check to see if she's hiding something? Yeah, same. Okay, yeah, go ahead and uh, both of you roll an insight check uh, against. <laughs> no, I think that I think that Guinevere is uh, she's telling the truth. This lady's a jerk. I rolled a natural one. With yeah, a lot of I I got a twenty-one. Dirty Harry, you seem to notice that uh, Guinevere is kind of like she seems to have some sweat on her forehead, even though it is very cold outside. And you you kind of think back and you notice that when you put that silvered mall when you had pulled out that silvered mall. You remember that she kind of glanced at you and like a worried expression crossed over her face for just a second. So I want to wait. How far are we in eyesight of the um, guard? Nope. All right, you I guys wanna... are currently walking down the street. You're approaching Pelk's curiosities right I'm now. I'm going to pull it back out uh, just to see what it does, like what she does. Dylan, you how do you pull the mauve or whatever it's called? Yeah, the silvered mall. I'm going to pull mine out. Just to I'm, keep I'm, it handy. I'm leading. I'm leading the way. They're behind me. I'm not paying attention. <laughs> I'm oblivious. Uh, do I notice any effect it has on her? Uh, no. She just seems to. Uh, apparently, she looks at you and thinks that you are maybe trying to attack her in some way. I'm just or threatening her. I'm gonna put my arms up and then like just put it back in my bag because I think I'm just gonna let this ride out a bit and like just it all together as time goes on. So I put mine back in my bag as well. Okay. Jesus. Please. Jesus. This is like the angriest part. Wow, I'm pretty chill. I, I wasn't trying to be like angry. I was trying to figure something out. I just like to not be fronted on. I like to make sure that I'm protected. Yeah, I'm just walking forward like up to the uh, general store. I've got some business with the okay. guy there. Uh, actually, it is currently night, coming up to dusk later in the night, and you've been here long enough to know that Pelk's Curiosities is run by a elf named Verla Pelk. She keeps to herself, uh, and she only ever opens the shop when she feels like it. She trades in any and all, all objects that interest her. You've dealt with her a little bit. She traded you some uh, silver for some of your potions to try to stock them, but you made her promise beforehand not to sell them using your name. That if she was going to sell them, sell them as a miracle cure-all. Exactly. So, right. uh, is is uh, the door locked when we get there, then? All right. You guys are approaching the Pelk's Curiosities. The dark cabinet before you has a sign over its door which reads Pelk's Curiosities, with the image of a curving dragon used to make the letter P. Though the shop appears closed, the front door is slightly ajar. Will any of you like to make a perception check? I will. Uh, yeah, I will, since I'm you know, going... Yeah, I'll, I'll do it, too. Okay, uh, go ahead and also list your passive perceptions for me, guys. Uh, you I go first. 13, my passive is 10. My okay. passive investigation is 11. I rolled a 7, and my passive perception is 13. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I rolled a 6, and my passive... Perception is 13. Okay. So all of you, you guys, you may have been, you know, talking loudly and joking around and whatnot, but all of a sudden, uh, Dirty Harry, his ears perk up, and you guys look at him as if, like, kind of like a dog when he notices something's going on, and you quiet, he, you quiet down. He kind of, like, tells you to quiet down, and you guys start to hear there's some talking coming from inside the cabin. Guys, there's talking, talking coming from inside the cabin. 
Shut up. Okay, uh, go ahead and... How are you guys going to approach the cabin? Do you want to... I'm going to sneak up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so you guys... uh, Dirty Harry, he seemed to have noticed that there was some whispering voices coming from inside the cabin. Inside the shop? Yeah, inside the shop. The shop is actually, like, most of these places, they are actually all cabins, but with some of them have signs outside detailing what they are. So you notice the bar in town. It was really just a cabin that had uh, a bar out front. It seemed to only, you can't be sure, but there were like two rooms there at most. So yeah, most businesses here in this town are all just cabins. The only thing telling them apart is the signs out front. Anyway, he mentions that there are voices coming from inside the shop. I'm going to kneel down by the door and try to put my ear to it to try to listen. Yeah, I'm okay. going to try to listen in too. Yeah. Okay. Can you guys all give me a stealth check? Yeah. Huh. It's a five. <laughs> five? What? Wait. Wait, what? 21. Okay. So I'm going to say that Braxton, as you guys were approaching the cabin and whatnot, and you, you tried slowing down and like quietly, Braxton kind of slipped on some ice, and but you guys rolled high enough to where you guys were able to stop him from making too much noise, and you guys approached the cabin. Be careful, buddy. Oh, oh wait. No, I rolled a 25. I was looking at Braxton's. Yeah, no, I, I figured that. Okay. Okay. You guys peek inside the shop? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay, inside, there are five cloaked elves. They appear to have ransacked the shop and are searching through the broken debris on the floor. The furniture, shelves, and front counter have been smashed, and the shop's wares now litter the floor. Uh, they seem to be speaking to each other, and one of them says to the other, there are actually only four, but one of them says to the other that it there's nothing here. Why are we wasting our time? Hmm. What do you guys want to do? Back to uh, Dirty Harry and be like, what are we supposed to do here? Uh, what, what's, what's, what, what are we going to do? What's the plan? I'm going to look back at them too and be like, should we like intervene? I'm like... going to bust into the door with my rapier drawn. Oh, you uh, you break into the door. And you catch them off guard. Uh, actually, I'm going to need you all to roll initiative real quick for me. Go ahead and list out what your initiative is. 17. Okay, there. Because I got yeah. a plus six. Okay. Uh, Spencer, you want to go ahead and roll initiative? I, I got a, a twenty-two. I got a twelve. And and okay. I have plus six, and you still beat me. All right, I am going to let you guys oh, go first. I'm gonna draw my weapon. Okay, you guys come in first, and it seems that the four bandits seem to be caught off guard. So, what would you guys like to do? Uh, Braxton, you're up. You notice that Dirty Harry just stood up and kicked the door open, alerting the bandits to your uh, positions. What do you want to do? Um, I, I'm going to be like, well, I, I guess we're doing it this way then. And uh, I'm... how far away are they? Uh, you look inside the room and it the room is probably about, let's say, maybe 25 feet wide with a counter in the back and uh, maybe 15 feet deep. Uh, there are four bandits and one of them is off to your right, say about 15 feet, about 10 feet in and uh, the other three are off in the corner uh, Do any of them look like they're the leader? No, not really. They all seem to be pretty much on par with each other Alright, I'm going to uh, cast Fairy Fire on one of them Okay And uh, there we go. So it, it lights them up with 
uh, like a purplish flame that outlines them, and it gives whoever's going to attack them uh, advantage on an attack for the next minute. Okay. Uh, Dirty Harry, you're up next. Well, I'm going to see. Stand your turn. Yep, I'm going for the dude who's covered in purple stuff. Okay, the dude covered in purple stuff is actually the one off to the right, away from the group. So you're going to approach him. I will say it is, it is difficult terrain in here due to all of the shop's wares being strewn about the ground. So are you, you were 15 feet away from him? Yeah, you'll be able to approach him from here. What are you gonna do? Hmm. You know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm committed. We let's attack. I attack. Okay. All right. Go ahead and roll. <clears throat> that is a 19. Okay, you make you make contact with him. He seems and, to be surprised that you just stormed in. And I rolled uh, six damage. Okay. You run up to him and you slice him right on his arm. as he. It looked like he was going to raise his arm because he was startled that you guys jumped in here. He raised his arm because he saw you running at him with a sword. You just swipe at his arm and you, you kind of knock it out of the way. Now it's Guinevere's turn. I'm going to cast Guiding Bolt. Okay, who are you aiming at? Are you aiming at the one that uh, Dirty Harry was in front of? No, I'm going to aim at uh, one oh, of the God. other guys. Okay. Go ahead and uh, roll to see if you hit. I just roll okay. a d20. Uh, Actually, go ahead and read Guiding Bolt. A flash of light streaks towards a creature of your choice within range. Make a ranged spell attack against the target. On a hit, the target takes 4d6 radiant damage. And the next attack rolled... Made against this target before the end of your next turn has advantage, thanks to the mythical dim light glittering on the target until then. So okay, go ahead and make me a ranged spell attack. Yeah, add plus five to that. I got thirteen plus five, eighteen. Okay, go ahead and roll for damage. Ten. Yeah, you did ten damage. All right, you you come in and you you shoot this bolt of light at this man, and it just knocks him to the side. It fucking hits him hard, and he falls to the ground. You see that uh, he seems to be really messed up right now. Okay. Braxton's going to yell, That's right, don't mess with the Braxton Brigade. I'm just going to be like, yeah, wait, what? Gwen, yeah, Guinevere <laughs> just kind of like side-eyes him and laughs. Okay, uh, you see that the like the other two bandits, they whip out their weapons real quick. And uh, Braxton, it's your turn. I, I'm I give you guys a surprise round, by the way. Yeah. I'm gonna draw my rapier at first. I'm gonna tell, or I'm gonna try to like talk him down and be like, unless you you want friend there, I suggest you stay where you are, put your weapons down, and surrender to the Braxton Brigade. Um, the one bandit that, yeah, I'm gonna yell. That's not official. That's not official. We haven't discussed this yet. Do they seem intimidated? Uh. The one who had his arm, like, sliced by Dirty Harry, who is obviously very confused that a giant rabbit just came running at him. Because Harrigans are not actually, you know, well-known around this area, or they're very rare to see. Uh, he kind of looks at the others, but um, the others seem very unfazed. Minus, you know, the guy who's laying on the ground. You're welcome. All right, uh, seeing that they haven't... Uh... They, did, they didn't really surrender. He's going to run in and attack one of the other thugs that are there. Okay, so you're going to attack one of the unhit ones? Yeah. The other one, okay. yeah, because one is being attacked by Dirty Harry, right? 
Yep. Yes. And then the other just got knocked out by uh, Guinevere. He's not. He's not knocked out. He's definitely knocked prone. Though. Oh, okay. So never mind. I'm gonna. I'm gonna attack him then. Okay. He is about uh, 25 feet. So, given that it's difficult terrain in here, you can't actually reach him on this time. Okay. Um, can I reach any of them besides? Yeah, you could reach. Uh, one. The other two are actually standing there. Uh, Guinevere actually managed to hit the. They were seem to be standing in kind of like a triangle. Guinevere managed to hit the one in the middle and knock him away. So you can approach, but you'll be within melee range of both the other two who are standing with their weapons drawn. Okay, yeah, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to walk up to or run up to the one and attack him. Then that's closest. Yeah. Okay, the closest one is the one that Dirty Harry is actually attacking. That's a seven. Rolled to hit. Yeah, no, you miss. You run up. You swing and. Whew, the guy yeah. seems to be deftly aware of what you are doing, and he just kind of sidesteps your attack. Wait, that's yeah, the I, one that I'm attacking? No, I think he meant the, the other two. Oh, okay. Yeah. I tried to poke him with my rapier, and then uh, uh, how far was it to get there? Uh, I will say it was your full uh, your full movement speed. Okay, and then I'm going to turn, uh, turn to uh, Dirty Harry and be like, All right. Finish that one off quickly and help us. And then I'm going to give him another Bardic Inspiration so he can use a uh, D6 on uh, his next attack roll. Okay. Okay. All right. And in that case, it is Dirty Harry's turn. I'm going to look at the dude I just uh, sliced. I'm going to tell him, uh, drop your weapon and get it on the ground. Okay. Go ahead and roll an Intimidation check. Okay. Um... Also, Trey, you can use that D6 yep. uh, whenever you want, and uh, you can actually use it after you've seen the roll's result, but not knowing the outcome. Okay, so I got 11. Yeah, no, uh, he he looks like he was going to put down his, like he was reaching for a sword. He looks like he was going to stop, but he continues to reach for it, and he starts to draw it. Well, I, I nipped that right in the bud. That's a 22. Uh, okay, you hit him. Go ahead and roll damage. Uh, another six. Okay, how do you want to kill this guy? I just, I want to, like, uh, lop off his hand and then just uh, jab him, like, right in the stomach. I, I want to slowly say, you had a chance. This all could have been avoided. Then I just want to like, uh, kick him like off of the blade and like, onto the ground. Okay. He falls to the ground, lifeless. Uh, is that the end of your turn? You do have your movement speed left. Uh, I'm just going to uh, put my rapier away and draw my short bow. Um, how far away are they from me? Uh, they are about... You ran 15 feet in the other direction. Yeah, they are about 30 feet from you. I'll just uh, I'll stay there. And that'll be my turn. All right. So now it's the other bandit's turn. The gentleman who is who uh, just happened to dodge a swing at a, from a rapier. Rapier. Right. Yes. He is going to pull out his scimitar and take a swing at this little man who's in front of him. All right. <laughs> okay. Ah, shit, man. That's rough. He hit me. For who? Yeah, he hit you. He hit him hard. Is he hit him hard? How much damage? Okay. 
That is oh my that is God. nine damage. She did. Yeah. Yeah. He, he rolled a crit. He rolled a crit. <laughs> nine. Nine damage. I'm bleeding. I'm yep. bleeding a lot. I'm down to five of my fourteen. I'm like, oh, oh shit. All right. Right in. Right in the old. All right in the yeah. old Fithersby. Yeah, he pulls out a scimitar, and from his sheath, he kind of just slices straight upwards right across uh, uh, Braxby's, or Braxton's chest. Guinevere, it is your turn. I'm going to go up to the nerd I hit last round. Okay, the, you're going to have to walk in between the other two, and uh, if you do that, you will take attacks of opportunity. Actually, no, you won't even be able to make it through the other two to the guy on the ground. Okay, I go to the one that's nearest by me, the one I guess okay. that probably just... You know. Just fucked up Braxton? Yes. Yep. I'm going to go up and I'm going to hit him with my mace. Okay, go ahead and swing. I got 24. Uh, how how did that how did that roll? Did you get a nat 20? Yep, yes, you got a nat, nat 20. Fucking 20. Okay. Go ahead and uh, what's the damage? Uh, 2d6 from... plus 2. Okay, go ahead and roll damage. 8. Okay. Oh, plus 2, 10. Okay, Great. you... Yeah. You uh you knock this you hit this guy right on the head with your mace and he just crumples to the ground. You hear a sickening crunch as it makes contact with his head. <laughs> Next is Bandit D's turn. He he sees that you uh that you hit his buddy really hard on the head and he just claps. He pulls out his sword and he takes a swing at you though. All right, does a twenty hit? No. Yep. Okay. So he hits you uh, dealing four damage. No, he doesn't. Yep, go ahead and make sure you add that damage to you. Okay, the bandit on the ground that you originally hit, he kind of he kind of just shakily rolls over, groaning, and the light seems to fade off of him, and that's his turn. So we are back at the top with Braxton Fithersby. What are you going to do? There is one bandit in front of you who... Uh, he is not damaged at all. He's pulling out his sword. He just got done slicing up your friend Guinevere. Um... Does she look worse than me? Uh, no. She she seems to be you know still holding her own. Um, I. <laughs> yeah. Going... What do you do? I'm gonna cast cure wounds on myself. Okay. Uh, so let's see what I get here. Hey, I'm back to full health. All right. You you uh, raise your hand and like this magical energy kind of comes out of you and surrounds your body and a little shimmering light appears on the slash on your chest which starts to close it very quickly yeah, and soon I it looks like just damaged your clothes I'm gonna try to get away from him so he doesn't keep attacking me okay he uh he will get it he will get an attack of opportunity on yeah, you. yeah 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 that's something you want to risk yeah I, I have to if i stay there i'm gonna die okay so he is going to swing his melee weapon. Does a six hit you? A six does not. Okay. So you go to run away and he kind of swings his scimitar at you and just barely misses. Kind of kind of swinging at you, but focused more on Guinevere in front of him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to like yell to Guinevere and be like, Give me a minute to regroup. No, nope. Nobody takes on the Braxton Brigade. Not <laughs> official, I yell. Okay. Okay. I just, uh, I just dirty look Harry, at him turn. and give him a thumbs up. Dirty Harry, it's your turn. So I'm going to uh, 
while holding my short bow, I'm gonna say, last chance, everyone's dead. It's one against three. Okay, go ahead weapons. and roll an intimidation check. Uh, roll it with advantage too. That's a 14 and a five, so 14. Okay. Yeah, uh, the one standing there looks over at his two friends who are dead on the ground and the one who is just, it doesn't look like he's completely conscious. And he lowers his sword because he notices that Guinevere standing right there looking intimidating as all hell. Blood spewing or kind of leaking out of the cut on her, but she doesn't seem to be backing down. So he kind of lowers his blade. Say drop it. Drop he, he, it. He drops his blade on the ground and kind of kicks it away. Okay. Uh, then I'm going to go up to him and uh, tie him his hands with uh, my rope. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are out of initiative now. Congratulations. Um. I'm going to take his uh, weapon. Okay. You can add a scimitar to your inventory if you'd like. It's just a regular base scimitar. Nothing special. I'm going to okay. go around and, like, take their weapons from them as long as they're, okay. like, surrendered. Yeah, there's only the one guy left uh, who's standing, but the other guy is pretty much unconscious on the ground. He's still breathing, but he is grievously wounded. So he's bleeding? Yeah, he's bleeding on the ground. So I'm going to go up and try to, like, do what I can to patch him up. Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll a medicine check. That is an 11. Yeah, you you seem to be able to stabilize him. You put some, like, uh, you put some cloth over his wound, and you have some uh, wraps in your in your pack that you pull out and wrap, up, wrap him up with. So the bleeding seems to have ebbed so far, but he is not conscious. He will doesn't look like he's going to be getting up anytime soon. I'm just going to uh, tie him with his buddy, just to be, like, just use uh, the expert rope to, like, tie his hands. Okay, his buddy kind of looks over and glares at everybody, but he looks at his buddy uh, with, like, some, some worry about him. He looks very afraid, though. And I just say, well, this all could have been avoided if you just dropped your weapons. He looks at you. He's His cloak had kind of fallen back, and he's an elf. I'm going to say yeah. to uh, Braxton and Guinevere, like, that was pretty fun, huh? And they look at me, and they notice that I haven't been touched. Yeah, I'm, like, heavily breathing, but <laughs> I'm like, yeah, almost dying. That was really fun. I I can't say I haven't had this much fun uh, in a long time. And I slap Dirty Harry on the back of him. Didn't okay. have any fun if you don't get any scratches. Yeah, you guys look over at Guinevere, who has a giant cut going across her shoulder, and it, it's got some blood eaving out of it, but she doesn't cat seem cast? to be too concerned about it. Um, can I cast tear wounds on myself? Yeah, go for okay. it. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a uh, front man. Uh, you know, I have other people deal with the, the issues, uh, and, you know, I take care of the, the books and stuff. Not as, not used to having a scimitar drug across my chest. Four. Wait, so you rolled a one? Yes. So, uh... So I'm back up to full health. Yeah, I am too. Okay, so, uh, the gentleman that you have tied up, like I said, he was... He kind of, like, glared at, uh, Dirty Harry as he dragged the other one over to him because he noticed that he wasn't being, like, super gentle or anything. But, uh, he, he seems grateful that his friend is no longer seemingly dying, but he seems a little worried. He definitely looks afraid when he looks at all of you guys. 
I uh, sit down in front of him and be like, so, what are you guys doing here? He can't, he, he, go ahead and roll an intimidation check with advantage to see Yay. if he will answer you. Because he's trying to, he's trying to bluster himself up as if like maybe he's thinking to himself, oh, oh my God. 16. There we go. Okay, that works. He looks at you, goes like, my, my name's Elrond. Uh, me, me and my fellow, fellow bandits here, we work for Halil Lutan, the uh, dwarf priestess. She works. At, she she works for the Utalat family of Shady Creek Run. She's she's Tolgi's sister. Uh, Tolgi Tolgi ro robbed Pelk's curiosities about two months ago, but uh, she gave everything that she had to her sister Halil, and uh, Halil she got she got some sort of sickness. There's blue veins popping up all over her, and she seems to be getting slower or weaker or something like that. Oh, yeah, same thing's happening to her sister. Boogie? Yeah, and then I want to point to Braxton and be like, but he has a cure. You, you do. <laughs> we were sent here to Pelks to try to see if there was something useful to try to bring back to Halil. She's very, very sick. Why don't you bring us to Halil? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, can you can you help my friend here? He's he's not exactly capable of walking right now. Oh, you mean the dying one? Oh, he's not dying anymore. I I, yeah. you know, no, I fix I, that. I think we should leave him tied up for the uh, the local sheriffs to take care of. The glass blades? They they won't care. They'll they'll kill him. Uh, it sounds like the price of uh, living working in the underground. You know what I mean? I ask him. Uh, wait, is. There a price on his head? No, they're just those right. glass blades. They're they're idiots. They don't they don't know how to help anybody. All they know is violence. That I that jail they keep is just a, just a fighting pit. They pit the they pit the criminals they capture against each other. I'm gonna squat down to reach his level and be like, I think that your friend here being left to the glass blades might be a. Uh, an all right payment for your life, huh? Go ahead and uh, roll a. What would you say that is? Persuasion or deception or uh, intimidation? Uh, I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm not lying to him. I'll perform. Well, I'll do uh, persuasion. Okay, yeah, because he witnessed you guys using magic to heal yourself, so he's kind of like hoping that you'd be able to fix him up. Yeah. Go ahead and roll with uh, advantage. You guys definitely have this man scared and dead to rights. If you wanted. Uh, that's a 21. Yeah, okay, yeah. No, he, he kind of looks at you afraid just by the implications of what you're trying to say, and he says, oh, oh, okay, okay, I'll take you to, I'll take you to Croker's Cave. Do I see, uh, any, like, scrap paper or, uh, like, inkwell? It's something I can read a note. Yeah. Uh, there's stuff thrown all over this place, and yes, there is definitely, like, uh, there's, like, paper all over the place. Go ahead. I'm I'm gonna take the paper and write on it and be like, "To the glass blades, here's a present for you. Someone trying to tear apart your community. Yours truly, the Braxton Brigade." I'm oh gonna grab. Oh my gosh! Uh, I'm, he, I'm is gonna he, pin it to the guy's chest. Is he writing like with a quill? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I, I'm, wrote it, I wrote it in Elvish. Okay. Um, are, did you guys want to leave right now, or did you want to explore the rest of the cabin? Because there is another room at the back. Um, explore yeah. that. Yeah, we okay, should. Okay, yes. 
you uh you open the door to this area or you guys just gonna leave the Elrond, you know, out there alone? I'll stay with him. Okay. My rapier drawn at his throat. Okay, you guys open the door to the back room and you appear inside and what appears to be an ice statue of an elf is bundled beneath the blankets of a bed along the east wall of the room. A small table loaded with 30 teacups and a kettle stands next to the bed. I go and investigate the statue. Okay, you go. You walk up to the statue and it is what appears to be a middle-aged uh, elf lady, but it's a very detailed statue. It's very cold to the touch, too. And as you're looking at it, you realize, oh my god, is, is this an ice statue? Oh my gosh, is this an ice statue? I'm gonna Looks yell like it. What, what, did you, what do you find in back there? Uh, There's an uh, ice statue! An ice statue? Yeah. yeah. Are, are you going to come back there, uh, Braxton? I'm going to yell, uh, Harry, uh, can you get out here and watch them? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll come and look and see what they're talking about. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll be right out. And I'm uh, kick, kick the guy in the ribs as I walk by him. The ice statue when I walk in there, is it, uh, is it uh, Verla Pelk? Yes, do you recognize her as Verla Pelk? And I'll be like, ah, ah, damn it. It's, that's the uh, shop owner. It seems like she's uh, fallen to the same fate as, uh, as Ergen and uh, Tolga and her sister. We yeah, need you... to be very careful on what we do so we don't end up like them. As you uh, look at her, you notice that there are some like darker edges of blue across this ice statue of her. And you're able to notice that maybe those were her veins like a darker blue, as if they had spiderweb across her. And you, Braxton, you kind of remember the last time you met her. She, You thought she, you know, you didn't think she was that old. She looked middle-aged, but you noticed that she had moved very slowly, and she was very curt about making sure her, like, sleeves on her uh, clothes didn't lift up or anything like that. And she had, like, a turtleneck on and was bundled up inside the shop, despite it being, you know, fairly warm when everything was uh, lit up and whatnot. I'm going to take my water skin out. Mm -hmm. Pour the water out. And then I'm going to take my dagger and kind of like see if I can get at some of the vein. Okay, go for it. And, uh, and see if I can like chip some of this blue vein ice into the water skin. Yeah, go ahead and make a, uh, a melee strike against her. Okay, with my dagger. Yeah, or actually just roll damage, because, I mean, you know, she's stationary. It's not like you're really trying to swing at her too much. Uh, that is four points of damage. Oh, yeah, you take, uh, you were, you're able to take chunks out and whatnot. All right, yeah, I'm just kind of shaving it into the the flask, and I, I look over to, uh, to Guinevere and be like, I, I think it's best if we take a sample and see, uh, see what happens. Also, we could just use this as, uh, you know, threatening people. Tell them we'll put it on them and turn them to ice if they don't uh, obey what we're doing, you know what I mean? My thoughts exactly. And Smart move. Water skin and put it in my pack. Okay. And, uh, guys, I think that's where we're going to wrap up for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I promise you things will get better as we move along through this. This is our first recording, and hey, maybe next time we'll get a little bit further. And once again, thank you for listening. Goodbye. 
Crits and Nitwits is a TSNP Studios production. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a review and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. All music we use in this podcast is from Michael Gelfie Studios, and you can find all their awesome music for your tabletop games on YouTube at Michael Gelfie Studios. And if you like the sultry tones of Nick and Trey, check out TSNP Studios' YouTube channel at TSNP Studios 7163.